The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL. Oh, but up, not just NFL, also Daily XFL Podcast, apparently. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. This is your XFL preview and breakdown. Got a bunch of games coming up this weekend to, uh, to preview it. And by the way, we're, uh, we're sort of heading into the, we're, we are heading into the offseason. We have the combine and free agency coming up. We're going to do some mailbags. We answered a bunch of questions for previous mailbags. We'll have some of those uh, rolling, uh, coming up as, as the offseason rolls along. And also, if you've got a team that you want, um, like if you got questions about the offseason, like you're a Titans fan, you want to know what the Titans should do with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, uh, hit us up in Apple Podcasts, leave a five star review. And leave us your question there. We'll answer any question about any team. We'll answer any question about anything. If you have a question like, what's your five favorite cereals? We'll answer it. We don't care. We will, we will get a super friends mailbag together to do that. So, uh, hit us up with the reviews. You guys have, it's been a, it was a fan, just very quickly too. It was a fantastic season. Um, we mentioned it after the Super Bowl recap show. We had Bafo numbers, the pick six army or whatever you people call yourselves. You people, uh, we people, whatever we people call ourselves, you guys are uh, relentless and loyal, and I really appreciate it. So we're looking forward to a great offseason. We'll keep it going. To talk XFL, uh, we're going to have, after the break, Evan Silva of Establish the Run to give us the fantasy breakdown. But now, to do uh, to do as he does every time a startup football league comes along, Ben Kerchival, a former AAF beat, beat reporter, now XFL Beat reporter is that is that senior XFL reporter? What, what's the title now, Ben? Well, it can be whatever you want it to be. This is a this is a not made up title, but there's a little bit of flexibility for sure on exactly what I'm calling myself. And before we continue, I feel like we need a little moment of silence. Hashtag rest in peace AAF forever. Yeah. Hashtag heaven has another angel. <laughs> you know it was. It was good while it lasted, never short on drama, but, uh, yeah, it's off to the football gods in the sky, and now Vince McMahon back trying to claim the throne. Does it, doesn't the AAF make a little more sense contextually n- n- now knowing what the XFL has planned, like at least from a timing perspective? Like it, like yeah. why, why it felt rushed and why it felt, uh, hurried, understanding that if you launched after the XFL launched, then you, you're probably dead in the water. I, I, I don't know. It just feels like feels like too. Like I think the AAF guys felt like if they snuck in with the year the year in between the XFL that they could win. 
but by by virtue of sneaking in is probably why they ultimately lost. Uh, yeah, and I think you kind of hit on the dub, sort of the double edged sword there because if you ask Charlie Eversall was the AAF rush, he will tell you no pretty repeatedly because before that football league ever launched, they were it was just like the XFL. There was like two, three years plus behind the scenes of them trying to work this whole thing out before they brought the product to market. But when you go through as many investors as, as Eversall did trying to get this thing off the ground and then you get into very early on in the season and even before that in training camp and there's word of, of financial problems and you know I asked someone at the AF I said did you was it really as bad as everyone reported it and they the only answer I ever got straight was well we were going to be able to get to like the end of the week <laughs> okay like that seems pretty bad so it was uh I don't know that it was rushed. I just don't think they ever found the financial backing and stability that they needed to survive. But that being said, if they were still around this year and you're talking about having two spring football leagues trying to compete in the same space, natural free market order is probably going to take over. And my guess would be the one that has name brand recognition, the one that has Vince McMahon behind it, probably would be the one anyway that would have survived long term. Well, um, as I talked about with Silva, and again, that's after the break, you know, this, to me, this league feels like it's got a lot of recognition, uh, you know, around it. Like you can, yeah. you can see the names of Vince McMahon's a billionaire, right? I mean, yeah. like he, and not like Tom Dunn didn't, but Vince McMahon's on it from the beginning. It's his league. He started it up. Um, you know, all right. So Ben, first, what is the, if, if, if you're, if somebody asks you like us, oh, so you're covering the XFL, like, uh, What's what's the one thing you would tell people to be on the lookout for this weekend ahead of, you know, like as compared to the NFL or something they should look forward to, a player, a a team, whatever it is, like a a rule change? What's the one thing you would point to, first of all? I would just point to the fact that for anyone who was around for the original XFL, and that might be half your listening audience or more, but for the people who are around, I I think they, they have this imagination and they have this memory in their mind of like, okay, it was way more about being entertainment, about being this wrestling arm of what, you know, Vince was trying to do with at the time with WWF. And then, but this is really more like sort of a continuation of what the AAF tried to start last year, which is they really are just trying to be a football league. I mean, they obviously have the, the rules that they've tinkered with a little bit from anywhere from, how they do the overtimes to how they do the kickoffs and the punts and things like that. And and certainly there are some adjustments there, but really they're just trying to play football and they're trying to do it at the the highest ceiling that having a non NFL roster will allow them to play at. But one thing I do think they did a really good job of is they hired a lot of former college coaches. I mean, not all of them are across the board are ex-college coaches, but there are a lot of college coaches on these coaching staffs calling plays. And I think when you have these in-between guys between college football and, and the NFL, and for whatever reason, a lot of these guys didn't work out with the shield, I think you need to bring them back a little bit, have them in situations where they're a little bit more familiar, they can be successful. And so what I would say is whereas the AAF took like five solid weeks before it was really even a watchable product, I think that bell curve is going to be a little bit tighter for the for the XFL. Week one might still be wonky, but I think by week three or so, they're going to have it going a little bit better. I mean, it's not like the AF didn't have good coaches, but it does feel like the the names involved 
um, at least from an XFL standpoint, you know, we talk about whether it's Bob Stoops, um, you know, Pep Hamilton's there. You got June Jones, uh, Mark Tressman, Kevin Gilbride. It does feel like guys who are, who have been, who have been around for a little, or like, or at least are a little bit closer to being in the game than maybe the, uh, the AAF guys, right? Uh, that, and also, I mean, don't, even down at the coordinator level, how mummy's calling plays. Yeah. And hey. how mummy, how mummy's one of those dudes, uh, like, hey man, what's, what's how mummy up to these days? Or like, you see his name, like, oh my god, how mummy's part of the XFL. For anyone who is uninitiated, I, I can't imagine how many people would be, but from how mummy, the, the godfather of the air raid offense, what you're starting to see now in the NFL, his fingerprints are all over it. And, you know, you go back to the 90s when he was at Valdosta State and then later Kentucky. You look at those coaching staffs. Everyone always talks about, like, Hayden Fry's coaching staff at Iowa being, like, the king of all coaching staffs. That Kentucky staff had, like, Mike Leach on it, Dana Holgerson. And then you look at everything now that's being run in college football. And at some point, it all sort of stems from what how Mummy created. So, like, he's in the XFL as well. Mike Riley's up in Seattle calling plays. I mean, they have some some really good quality coaches here. And like I said, I think for the guys that you have on these rosters, especially related to quarterbacks, we know that in some instances the raw talent is there. But with that, with NFL training camps, you know, Brent said, it, if you fall behind even a little bit, it's so hard to get to pick back up. And so for those in-between guys, I think you need to supplement that with some coaching, and I think you actually have some decent pairings this time around in this league. Um, all right, so uh, who who is the favorite? I guess the the Vipers, the Tampa Bay Vipers. Did I get that right? I got, I got I wrote them all down. I somehow forgotten them already. Uh, yes, the, the Tampa the, Bay Vipers, coached Tampa by Bay Mark Vipers. Trestman. Are they yeah. the favorite to win the XFL title in year one? It's, I mean, they have the highest win total, seven and a half. Here's the thing: I think they have. Actually, wait. Let me rephrase that, Ben. How do you win the XFL? Probably by completing the season first. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably need to do that to start off with. Uh, so yeah, you're going to have a 10 game regular season, and it's just it's set up almost identical to the, to the AAF. It's you have a 10 week regular season, two divisions of four teams. At the end of it, two highest teams from each division. You got your semifinal rounds, and then you have your championship. And it goes from starting this weekend in February goes through about late April. And there you go. There's your there's your season. All right, so um, who would uh, if you had to pick the if you had to pick an XFL, what do they call it a Zaffle Bowl? What do you what do you, what do you call it? Because it's not a Super Bowl. What's the whatever the champion XFL yeah. championship? If you had to pick two teams right now to be in the, make it to the championship, who would you pick? I guess you can stick with one favorite. You can go with like Tampa Bay because you know again they have a pretty solid quarterback situation. And I was looking over the roster. Name who their quarterback is. Remember, no one. Aaron Murray. And we talked about that with with Silva. But like we're recording, you got to treat everyone like they're dummies, including me when it comes to the the XFL. I feel again, I feel more knowledgeable. But like so, Aaron Murray and uh, Tampa Bay. You think that's a good combo there? I think I think that one is one, and the other one, and this is one of more of my like value picks, is I think Houston has a real chance. So Houston okay. Roughnecks, uh, quarterback is going to be PJ Walker, but they have really good wide receivers. I was talking to Randy Miller, who's their sort of their director of player personnel, if you will, and I said, you know, what do you feel good about this year? And this was down in, in Houston in training camp because you know I, I can't speak for every other team, but you know we feel really good about the pass catchers we have and our quarterbacks and. When you're starting these new leagues, we know that defenses are going to be ahead of the offenses. 
So what can you do throwing the ball? Who's getting the ball? Because that's really going to come up big in the second half of the season. So I think Houston's going to be one of those teams to watch out for. They got uh, Sandy Coates on their team. And that was a guy that Oliver Luck, out of all of the, the hundreds of players that they have, Oliver Luck told me, like, specifically, he goes, Coates is a dude who I think is going to have a chance to make a comeback in the NFL. Really? Yeah. Um, he played at Auburn, too, right? Played at Auburn, went to the Steelers, and had some injury problems with him. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, most of these guys will uh, will end up having one. Wait, so I see on here that Andre Williams, former Andre Williams at Boston College, is also the Houston Roughnecks. Is this team loaded? They're lo- the team that I think is is basically a, a college football all-star team are the D.C. Defenders. That has Cardell Jones at quarterback. He's going to start. He was the guy who took Ohio State to the national championship in 2014-2015 as their third-string quarterback, and then he got drafted by the Bills, and it just it didn't work out for him. But he's he got a huge arm, and Tyree Jackson hits his backup, and Jackson was a guy that maybe a year or so ago – College football folks were really, really excited about. He was kind of oh, yeah. had that he had that Josh Allen lore a little bit to him, you know, big kid from a group of five. So that's their one two. And oh man, who else is on that team? I I want to say Donnell Pumphrey. Yeah, he might uh, be. Donnell Pumphrey. I I told, I told Silva he's my that's my guy. I love him. Yeah, Terrell Presley, who was very good in the uh, AAF as well. They have DeAndre Thompkins, who I believe caught passes for the Patriots for a little while. Eli, Eli Rogers, who had like 600 yeah. yards receiving or 550 yards receiving in an NFL uh, season with the Steelers. Rashad Ross. Yeah, they got, they, they do have, they got a, uh, Rashad Malachi Ross did- was my favorite AAF player. Mm. He's, he's like the deep threat dude. He's that Deshaun Jackson type. I mean, not obviously not as good as Deshaun, but like he's that Deshaun Jackson type where he'll stretch the field vertically. And if you get Cardell Jones some time, Buddy, you're gonna chuck it. So if you were, all right, let's say you're. Uh, and by the way, the uh, the Roughnecks are five to one to win the uh, the championship in uh, according to the Westgate, and uh, I will find out what the DC Defenders are. But if you were picking one team, six to one, six to one. Okay, if you, I can't imagine anybody's like a crazy outlier here, right? Like the, Seattle Dragon, baby. If you want that value, it's sixteen to one. <laughs> That's, yeah, I mean, like, that's just not crazy value, right? I mean, you know, like, I mean, it, it is, it's 16 to 1, but it's like, that should tell you all you need to know about Seattle and, and, and how, right. whether or not they'll be good. Um, if you're going to pick one team, like, somebody's a new XFL fan, they're like, who should I root for? Who, would you tell them the DC Defenders? They seem fun. They obviously have, uh, have, uh, PFT Cometer. I don't know if you heard of him as a possible, uh, kicker. Yes, I I have been made aware of PFT comments. <laughs> that's good. I, I don't I don't blame him for doing it. I mean, that's good pub for the. Yeah. That's good. You know, it's good pub. Hey, and, it's um, Yeah, Troy yeah, Maker. So, uh, Troy, my buddy Troy, he used to in, in uh, he, he what's he doing with the XFL? I'll look it up. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Who would you pick? Yeah, so my team. So remember last year we were talking about AAF and you said, who's your team? You went with the Apollos, right? And then I, I went with the Commanders, San Antonio Commanders. So this year I'm a little bit more upfront about my team, my team, St. Louis Battlehawks, because why not? That's such a great name. Battlehawks is easily the best name in the, in the XFL. They're playing in the, in a dome, which no one else is playing in. So I'm super stoked about that. And I have a little bit of a soft spot for these cities where the NFL is pulled out, you know, and those, those cities have had their hearts ripped out by a team leaving. So I'm kind of hoping that St. Louis uh, rallies around that a little bit. 
I will say this though, on top of having the best, uh, one of the best odds because they are the win total favorite for Tampa Bay, uh, they have great uniforms. To me, if you're going to do the XFL, you got to have like really funky out there uniforms. And Tampa's got like that Oregon neon green, just 90s neon uniforms. Like they look out of, they look like an any given Sunday opposing team. And I'm Ooh. very, yeah. So I'm, I'm there for that as well. I like that. I like the sound of that. Um, all right. We mentioned, uh, rules changes, but not, but they didn't go deep on them. What, what rules changes do we need to know about for the XFL then? The one that you're going to really see the most of, it's, it's the one that a lot of people are probably talking about the most of the kickoff rules. So, okay. whereas the AAF said, screw it, we're not going to do kickoffs at all. The XFL said, okay, we're going to take the fact that generally speaking, the, the, the stats say that people aren't very interested in, in kickoffs, but they can produce really exciting plays, but we want to, look at player safety at the same time is so you have the kicker down on, I think it's his own 30. And then you have all the way over on like the other side of the field is the kicking team at like the 35 yard line. And then the receiving team five yards away at the 30. And then you have the returner. They'll, the team will kick it off. And then the guy touches the ball. And only then can everyone start to run and, and try to make a play on the ball. The other way is that if the ball's on the ground for three seconds, so that's going to be the thing that everyone sees that's very, very different from what the NFL does or what football does in general. Uh, punting, this is going to hurt Robbie Callen so much. You're not allowed <laughs> to cough. You're not allowed to cough in corner in what? the XFL. Yeah. If it goes like out of bounds inside, I think it's the 35, they bring it out as a touchback to the 35. What? Yeah. You can't let, you can't cough in corner somebody. I know Robbie's crying somewhere like saying a prayer, but that's a big one. And then in overtime, it's basically uh, MLS shootouts or the NHL. You get five periods, and they they just go back and forth, which I honestly, of all the ways you could do overtime, I think that's the way you do it. So wait, just, but the just overtime is like, one. it's like you get five periods, and it's just fire, fire, fire? Yeah, yeah. You, every, each team will get five plays. So if at the end of five three plays? Of, well, you know, one one play per round. Like okay. Oh, 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 so it's five P. So you have one play to score from right. where to where, from where? Uh, I think it's like the five yard line. Oh, I, I so it's like it a bunch of, depend. it's I a bunch it's, of like rapid fire conversions, basically. Yeah. You basically think of it like a two point conversion. You basically okay. have an opportunity to score and then the other team, and it's just like penalty kicks, right? You just go back and forth. And if after three or four rounds, someone is mathematically eliminated, then you do that. But if after five, they're still tied. They just go one, 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 and they just keep going it until there's a winner. I kind of like that. It's a little insane. Yeah. Oh, like um, okay. Uh, did you mention the forward pass? Did I miss that? Double forward pass. Double forward pass. Yeah, no, you, you can do that. You can, as long as it's behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, so uh, Silva and I talked a little bit about that. Like, it's going to be interesting to see how offensive minds deploy that because there's some real. Like you can throw a ball, like you can throw a swing pass to somebody, and that person can just immediately bomb it down the field. Like it's a halfback. There pass. was a team. Oh gosh, I think Quentin Flowers, who used to play for South Florida, he was a really good quarterback for them too. Uh, yeah. A few years ago, he's with. I want to say he's with Tampa Bay, and they have him listed at like quarterback, wide receiver, like quarterback slash wide receiver. I'm going. He's throwing a double pass. <laughs> so like like immediately, multiple in the first game, right? Yeah, he's they're already setting him up to be because you. That's what happens is you get those guys who maybe were quarterbacks in college 
who yeah, are the he's really listed, he's listed as a running back, I think. For, or maybe, maybe that's what it is. He's listed yeah. as like a running back quarterback, and I'm going, all right, you get those like athletic quarterbacks from college, you put them in the XFL. There's that's going to be your like prop bets over the course of the season is you know the over under on the number of, of double passes in a game. Oh yeah, see that I'm here for that kind of stuff. Um, there's also, I believe. Uh, a 25-second play clock instead of a 40-second play clock. Yeah, 25-second play clock, uh, that's just to expedite. See, this is where actually it differs from the NFL. As the NFL can get away with as many commercials as possible, the XFL like, has to keep your attention. Right? They, you have to have way more action. to think well. got to have quick-hitting action. I don't want to yeah. sit around and wait. Yeah. Um, and what's the deal with a two-minute warning? I read about that. It's like yeah, so they, they do they do have a two-minute warning, uh, but it's only two timeouts per half per team, and then no uh, challenge flags. Everything's reviewed. Um, okay. So there's again, that's just to, to help with the flow. And if you're a startup league like that, you that's that's to me kind of out of necessities. Again, you just like you said, it has to be. You got to get this thing over pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, ten-minute half times. Huge. Love you that. This- yep. That's yep. part of it too. So um, yeah, they, they get these things scooting. They really do. Uh, one foot catches, single foot catches. You don't have to put, get two feet two feet down. Yeah, that's, that's uh, a college. That's huge. That's good for offense and good for you know like like the, it's going to pick up the scoring and pick up the pace. Like you're going to have more more movement on offense if you don't have to get two feet down. Um, anything else I'm missing? There, I mean, there's a lot of other kind of minor stuff, but those are. Those are by and large the big ones. Uh, like you said, it's it's catered towards offense. It's catered towards which it should be. I mean, it's catered towards offense. It's catered towards uh, allowing people to make big special teams plays. I mean, the only other one is is there's no extra points you have to go for two. That's that's not terribly different from the AAF though. Okay. Um, what am I missing here, Ben? Are we missing anything else that we need to get into? Oh, well, how about the specific games? What games are this weekend? Well. You have. I'm going to be going probably to Dallas on Sunday to see my my Battle Hawks take on the Renegades. Uh, that's a that's the biggest spread of the weekend. That's ten and a half. Um, ten and a half Dallas. points. Outrageous. Yeah, take take yeah take the points on that one. Um, you know Seattle's going to DC. That's going to be a seven and a half for the home team. Ah, uh, you might be able to lay the points there. I just it's so hard. The other only one I would take is is Tampa Bay's at like a two point favorite at New York. You might be able to lay the favorite there. Otherwise, if you get like these touchdown or more spreads, I'm just not comfortable enough really taking a lot of favorites there. The other thing, too, is I don't know. I don't have point totals in front of me at the moment, but whatever they are, unless it's like 25. Take the under. Bang, oh, God, just bang unders, man. Just yeah. over and over and over again. That The first week in the AAF, was, it was just like free money if you took Oh, unders. my God. Vegas, Vegas had point totals like in the 50s. I'm like, what are you doing? Just take unders the whole time. It's free money. And they, they did for the first month, like three out of every four hit the under on yeah. the money. It was free cash. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you're, you, think, you think if you're looking at these games this weekend, lay the points with D.C., Obviously, take any unders you can get if you, if they pop up, unless yeah. it's anything above you know, above thirty. Uh, right. lay, lay the points of DC. Lay the point. You, you you like all the favorites here, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I'll take the I'll take the favorites. Um, yeah, I'll take the favorites. Seven and, and a half is a lot of points for a startup. It is. It is. But Seattle is. Uh, I don't, 
I don't think they're very good. They're, they're terrible. Yeah, their coach didn't say they're very good. <laughs> Wait, really? Their coach said they're bad. Yeah, Jim Zorn was like, uh, yeah, we might have, we might be a work in progress. Really? Yeah. Not okay, good. so don't don't use Seattle's defense in in daily fantasy. Is what you're telling me? Is that who you drafted? No, I just was looking at stuff. Like it's Brandon Silver's who beat out B.J. Daniels. Not hard Kim, to beat out. Kenneth Ferro. B.J. Daniels going to be another one. B.J. Daniels going to be throwing uh, double passes his entire. Oh my God! Back. What about what about Keenan Reynolds throwing double passes? Woo! Keenan Reynolds is going to be throwing double passes. B.J. Daniels is going to be throwing double passes. Quentin Flowers is going to be throwing double passes. It's going to be. Man, if you liked those, uh, and Keenan Reynolds happened to be one of my favorite players ever when he was at Navy. Yeah. I'm really glad he's got an opportunity to play in the XFL. He's going to be a lot of fun. I'm super excited about him. But yeah, Brandon Silvers did okay in the AAF. He was fine. He was a Memphis guy, if I remember correctly, before they tried the whole Johnny Football experiment. Mm. He was fine. fine. Uh, Austin Prohl, son of Rick Prohl, Ricky Prohl. I uh, was actually yeah. pretty good at Carolina. He's a wide receiver for Seattle. Um, I'm just not. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I might be with you. I'm not feeling it with uh, with the Seattle depth chart here. Yeah, right. not the best, not my favorite. But you know what? I mean, look. If you, again, we're always looking for reasons to root for teams. Like my stepmom, if they're an underdog, she just takes them. So I'm like, hey man, take the underdog. Just take mm-hmm. the underdog. Root for so them. It's Seattle. About, you said you're going to Dallas. What about the the Battle Hawks? Are they who who do the Battle Hawks have cooking? Uh, Christine not Michael. Either. Yeah, Christy Michael. In fact, I think Battlehawks. Wait, have Matt Jones is in the Redskins. Matt Jones out of Florida. Man. Yeah, yes, Matt Jones is with them. Oh, Battlehawks had a uh, ten to one to win it all, so they're like next lowest to Seattle. So, oh man, their quarterback is uh, Teamu, the guy who played at yes. uh, yeah, Ole Miss. Gonna, with, yeah, uh, he's going to start. Yeah, is he the guy who ruined? Is he the guy who ruined Ole Miss's offense despite having AJ Brown and DK Metcalf? I thought that was Shea Patterson. That was Shea Patterson. You're right. And, and Taylor Heineke. And, and then Shea Patterson went to Michigan and ruined that offense. That's right. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> uh, Actually, Te'amu, Te'amu in a dome in a fast track, he might be all right. Okay. Was Te'amu good at Ole Miss? He's better than Patterson. Well, that's like that's like saying this. Te'amu was good for Te'amu was good before for that offense, and then Rich Rod came in, and, and you know they're going to do the Rich Rod offense, but Te'amu wasn't bad. Like I said, fast track with no no weather conditions. Tom is probably pretty good. Okay, Um, okay, good stuff, Ben. As always, can't wait to uh, talk some more XFL with you. You uh, you're killing it on these uh, startup leagues. I hope that this job lasts longer for you than the um, AAF job did. Yeah, I I hope so too. And it's not just for me because I enjoy doing it. It gives me like a little bit of a pre from college football, but also. And you go down to training camp and you get in front of all these people and talk to them and stuff. And then you realize it's more than the players and the coaches. I mean, you know how it is. It's all the training yeah. staff and equipment staff and PR staff and all. These, you know, there's a bunch of people out there will really trying to make this thing work. And you want it for them. You know, you want them to have this thing work out long term because they're taking a risk and, and taking a jump at it. And uh, I like that. I, I like that enthusiasm and entrepreneurial spirit, and it, it abounds in the XFL. And so, yeah, I I hope it succeeds. And if not, well, then all right, I'll go back to college football. But it's you know, it's fun. I like it. No, I mean, like you, like as I'm saying, like it's great if it succeeds because then you have an opportunity to be the first in the door. All right, we're gonna take a break. 
thanks again, Ben. When we come back, Evan Silva and I will break down DF, XF, XFL DFS, which is something I will be playing and something you can make money on. Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week of the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. My days working and taking care of my little ones can be a lot. I checked out care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced, and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. Care.com makes it super easy. Search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go-to. All right, joining the show now, friend of the program. They call him the big fish in some spots. Built uh, Helped build Roto World brick by brick. And now he runs EstablishTheRun.com, one of the best, maybe the best DFS site out there. I'm a big fan and uh, happy to talk to him. Evan Silva, what's going on, buddy? What's going on, Will? Uh, it's, it's good to sit down and chat with you. We we ran into each other, met for a little bit at the Combine yeah. last year. I hope, are you going to be attending the Combine this year? Uh, you know what? Before we before we recorded this, we had like a conference call. I thought oh. I think I am. I'm oh. I'm going whether they want me to or not. Right, I'm gonna do right. the podcast from there. So yeah, well, um, I had talked with uh, Dan Hansis a little bit at the Super Bowl plant. You know, we got to we, we should run back Elmos. We should uh, we should yeah. get, you should go to the reservation, um, and we should all uh, hang out and and get hammered at Elmos. I'd love to, man. Yeah, it, that was that was my first combine ever. It was a great great experience. You know. 2.30 in the morning, I was talking with uh, Sean Payton at one yeah, point. Me too. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <does> a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, like, I had PFT Commenter to my left and uh, Josh Hermsmeyer to my right. And um, it, was a, it, was, it was a great experience for uh, uh, making connections and all that. But, yeah, let's, let's talk some XFL. Let's do it. Um, and, no, you're right. The Combine's my favorite event on the NFL calendar. So I'm, I'm, but you should check out the owners' meetings, too. Those are fun as well. Um, so the XFL is firing up this weekend. And, look, i got to be honest. You guys, uh, I've, I've been immersed in some of the XFL uh, content over at EstablishTheRun.com. You guys are doing a weekly package and, uh, I think, a season-long package, both great deals, like 10 bucks a week. So if you're, if you're into playing DFS – and you're sad that the NFL is gone and you're not really a golf fan or don't want to dive into the daily grind that is the NBA, uh, this is it for you. And I think, man, look at these. So we were talking a little bit before we started, Evan, but when the – I feel like looking at these rosters and looking at these players, I'm a lot more comfortable with the names and the people involved than I was with the AAF. Do you feel the same way? Yes, I would say so. Um, first of all, just from having – spent so much time pouring myself into preseason DFS over the last half decade. Mm. You know, I'm really familiar with 
you know, a lot of players. And then pouring myself into the AAF last year, really, really familiar with um, a lot more players. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say that, you know, this is, you know, not, not that that necessarily lends itself to being able to forecast what is going to happen in this new league because, you know, everybody's been shuffled around so much. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like I, I have a pretty good grasp on and handle on, like, the skill sets of a lot of players. And I think that almost every coach in the league or, like, head coach, offensive coordinator, uh, defensive coordinator to some extent, and even some of the offensive line coaches to some extent are very recognizable names, and that, that's helpful. I, I agree. I couldn't agree more. So I, I sort of went through and broke them down. And again, like I would recommend you, if you want to do this DFS stuff, you should sign up for establish a run because Evan has, uh, uh, Evan and Adam Levitan have depth charts up, but not just like names. It's like breaking down, um, you know, sort of like, you know, quarterback for the, the Seattle, what are they? The Seattle Dragons, uh, you know, Brandon Silvers, you know, breaking down like you know, three full games for AAF, Memphis Express. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. But I do think like there's a lot of stuff here, at least looking at the pricing on DraftKings and comparing it to sort of my cursory knowledge, where the what these coaches and quarterbacks do from a schematic standpoint, I think there's a little there's something you can mm-hmm. take advantage of. Like to me, um, I look at Dallas, the Dallas Renegades, who are coached by Bob Stoops. They, they have Landry Jones as the quarterback. We don't know if he's definitely going to play. Um, but they also have uh, Hal, Hal Mummy as their offensive coordinator. And then the Houston Roughnecks with June Jones as their head coach. Like To me, I wrote down plus-plus offense there. I think there's a lot to be gained from there. Mm-hmm. Do you feel the same way about that? And by the way, I randomly ran into uh, Hal Mummy's uh, uh or how uh, his uh, his daughter and she lives in Raleigh. I had like lunch wow. next to her, and she was like, "Yeah, my dad was a coach." And she name dropped. I was like, "Yeah, he's a, he's pretty important in the history of the NFL." Yeah, very important in the history of college football too. Yeah, I mean, he is not an air raid originator. He is the air raid yep. originator. Uh, Mike Leach was his protege. Mike Leach, of course, um, longtime Texas Tech coach. Uh, you know, did. Very innovative things there and at Washington State. Now he is in the SEC, right? He he just uh, – Mississippi State, is that correct? Yeah, he jumped from uh, Washington State to Mississippi State first yeah. year there uh, coming up. And then he's got, of course, a, a massive coaching tree. Right. You, you, know, you include guys like – you know, even like Wes Welker, who you know, who's now the 40, 49ers wide receiver coach, Lincoln Riley, uh, grew up under uh, the Aaron Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury, of course. Yeah, huge coaching yeah. tree. But at, at the actual top of that coaching tree is Hal Mummy, uh, now the offensive coordinator of the Dallas Renegades. Is Bob, it Mom or is it Mummy? Because I, I say it's Mummy. Mummy. Okay, all right, just make sure. Hal Mummy. Yeah. Their offensive line coach Jeff Jagodzinski uh, spent a lot of time in the NFL. Was once considered like a, maybe a potential future NFL head coach. Yep. Um, uh, he he came up uh, in, in, at Boston College. They've got a really impressive coaching staff beginning with Bob Stutz as their head coach. And, um, yeah, they're going to be one of the, the most interesting teams in the league. There is a rule, which um, you probably discussed with, uh, with Ben uh, beforehand, where um, the, with, with the, the like a, a double pass. So if, uh, yeah, the double yeah, forward so pass. The double forward pass. So if your quarterback takes like a five-step drop, you know, he swings it to a, another, another guy who's a viable passer – um, and they and they're behind the line of scrimmage, but you know they're up closer, and you know they're 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 you know potentially uncovered because maybe their guy came on a blitz. That that uh, next offensive skill position player can throw a forward pass down the football field, 
And with Landry Jones out, Philip Nelson, it looks like, is going to be the starting quarterback for the Dallas Renegades. But their next, but their next quarterback, Eric Dungy, is a guy that I think gives them some trick play potential. You, you'll as we go th- like as you go through the rosters, you will see that there are a lot of teams like stashing, um, you know, uh, extra quarterbacks that actually can play multiple positions. Like for the Tampa Bay Vipers, uh, Quentin Flowers, who played quarterback at USF, was really a prolific college quarterback. Actually, came went to the NFL and played running back. He will be. Um, you know, a guy who has uh, position versatility and could be uh, used with that that double forward pass. Nick Fitzgerald uh, is another guy, but if, if as you look throughout the uh, these teams' rosters, a lot of them have um, college quarterbacks that have position versatility, and I think we uh, we may see those guys line up, you know, uh, simultaneously with the uh, with the regular quarterback due to this this uh, this uh, kind of innovative rule. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, so the double forward pass and XFL has a video with old Dino Blandino explaining it on their website. But basically, mm-hmm. you could throw a wide receiver screen pass, and you know it could be a forward, and so it doesn't have to be a backwards. Like you, you could throw multiple forward passes on one uh, on one right. play. And so like you throw a wide receiver screen, and that wide receiver could turn around and just bomb it down the field immediately. It doesn't have to be a slow developing play like that. So I think you're right, and there's potential too from like a scoring standpoint on a DFS angle here, where like. Yeah, if you want to spend up on certain guys and then, and this might not apply to this first week because it's wide open for everyone, but you can go and get like a Nick, Nick Fitzgerald and plug him in. Maybe he'll have two or three catches, but he'll throw two touchdown passes. I mean, who, who knows how the hell it's going to unfold, yeah. right? And, and, and on DraftKings, you know, you get a point for a reception. So, you know, if, if we're counting those as additional receptions, like you're sure. getting extra points, you know, to those, to those kind of trick play specialists, it's, we don't really know how it's going to go. As you mentioned, it might only happen once or twice a game and it doesn't really affect anything. It might happen, you know, six or seven times a game and then it could really affect something or uh, affect things. But it does seem like a number of different teams are preparing with, you know, college quarterbacks that maybe have, have experience, have experience at different positions uh, to get ready to, uh, to, to, to be a factor in the event that they decide that this could be a big part of their offense. Uh, what other teams have you sort of looked at um, in terms of, you know, who might like their pace of play or their approach to offense? It might change it. Like I had a, a note on here, you know, the D.C. defenders who are uh, close to me um, have Pep Hamilton as their as their head coach. And, you know, he's look, he's a respected offensive mind, but he's also somebody who is consistently, uh, you know, leaned on the run game. I mean, that's what he wanted to do when he was in Indianapolis as the OC. Right. That's what he did at Stanford when he was Jim Harbaugh's OC. So I would almost anticipate that they're not a high-octane offense. Does that make sense to you? Yes, but they have some really intriguing personnel. Uh, their quarterback is Cardale Jones, mm. who tore it up last preseason. Now, he was not good in preseasons before that, but he was really good this past preseason with the Chargers, 68.3% completions, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Nine yards per pass attempt. They've got another intriguing guy, Tyree Jackson, who I believe was um, one of the, the uh, respective MVPs of the Senior Bowl this past year. Um, they've got Rashad Ross, who they traded for. The D.C. Defenders traded for Rashad Ross. He was the best receiver in the AAF. It was either him or Charles Johnson, which I wish that we had Charles Johnson in this league. But, mm. um, you know, he's he's trying to make it in the NFL still. Rashad Ross. Uh, is just a really explosive receiver. I mean, I think he's an NFL caliber player, and it's just no NFL team ever 
but he's still like, you know, kind of like a fringe third receiver and just no NFL team ever committed anything to him. You know, he came in as a UDFA, you know, he sort of got opportunity. Well, he was in Washington for a long time. And if you remember, that was sort of like a debate between Jay Gruden, who loved Ryan Grant and Scott McGluin, their GM at the time, who loved Rashad Ross. And, you know, that was like Scott McGloon like tweeted about that, you know, like, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. They, they had like a like a, a true like beef over Rashad Ross versus Ryan Grant. Um, and Rashad Ross just got stuck. And he you know kept getting older every season. And I mean, he was there for like four years. And you know that might have cost him, a, you know, a true ch- chance to make an impact in the NFL. But he's a guy who just pops off the tape. You know, if, if you go back and watch AAF games, which no one would ever do. But um <laughs> But he's, I, I guarantee he's going to pop off the tape in this uh, in this league, and he's just a really explosive player. Uh, Cardale Jones to Rashad Ross, I think, is maybe going to be the most um, the most popular DFS stack mm. on DraftKings and FanDuel uh, when when these when this first week gets started on Saturday. So, does your strategy for DFS like d- does your general strategy for DFS change at all from the from the NFL to the XFL? Or is it still you know? find guys who are probably going to get the most targets, stack guys from certain teams, et cetera, et cetera. Is, is there anything you're approaching differently or testing anything out? That's a good question. Um, I think that the strategy definitely is going to be similar, at least initially. I mean, there are, you know, differentiations. Like there's no designated tight end position, which where Nick Truesdell, who I think was the fourth pick in the XFL, fourth overall pick in the XFL draft, he's going to be utilized heavily by Mark Tress. Mark Tressman's Tampa Bay Vipers, um, you know, just everyone would have played him. But now he's just in the the pool with the wide receivers or, or you know, slash flex players. Yeah. And so, you know, now he's priced, I don't know, he's, he's priced pretty high relative to wide receivers. And so we're going to have to balance, like, is he going to be getting the ball as much as the wide receivers? You know, he's, he's pretty expensive. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. No, so, like, so, like, the flex. Big difference. Yeah, for sure. You, like, you only. You you only have to play one running back, you know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, like, like I was looking at even – it's crazy because it's like Jarrell Presley and Donnell Pumphrey are the running backs mm-hmm. for the defenders. And, like, I was a Donnell Pumphrey truther coming out of coming out of San Diego State. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved him. And so I'm glad he's getting another chance. But, like, I, I wonder how do you how are you, how are you going to balance this first week taking a chance on a guy who might be second on the depth chart um, or, like yeah. – or, or do you do you are you going to really focus in on guys that you think will maybe stand out? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like it's 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 a tough gamble to take, like because they could easily go hot hand this first week, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can kind of first of all, Jarrell Presley was just a baller in the in the AAF, and I mean, I kind of fell in love with him. Then we can look at where they were drafted by their respective XFL team. He was taken with the 17th overall pick. Um, so I and I think he's in a he's on a good team. I, I think the the DC defenders are going to be a good team, and um, you know so that could help with game script for him. I mean I just I think that mm. Jarrell Presley is in a is in a good spot, and then Donnell Pumphrey is kind of in a battle for playing time with Nick Brissetti, who uh, was with the Patrick the, the Patriots uh, this past preseason. Totally different players. I mean Donnell Pumphrey is like a little, you know. Uh, poor man's uh, Darren Sproles, yeah, and Nick, yeah. yeah, and Nick Nick Brissetti is like a a bigger like banger. But I think that those guys are in competition for that number two spot behind Jarrell Presley, who's just kind of good in in all phases. 
Um, are you, how excited are you to see the GOAT, Christine Michael, back on a roster <laughs> and back being fantasy eligible? I feel like – is Christine Michael like the – is it is it is it Chris Wessling who's the ultimate uh, Christy Michael truther? Am I wrong there? I don't know. I, I think that he definitely, you know, I mean, it would be hard to watch Christine Michael play, especially like coming out of college, at, you know, in his relatively limited touches, actually, at, at Texas A&M. Yep. But then watch him in the preseason and watch him at times in the pros and not be like, man. You know, if that guy could ever put it all together, and he never did, and he's about to turn thirty, by the way. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're yeah, we're 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 pushing it here on Christy Michael, who, by the way, was I think the sixth. Yeah, he was the sixth overall pick in the in the XFL draft. <laughs> um, but I mean, it it would be hard, I think, for anybody who watched him play, you know, in in his limited opportunities, to just think that he was, you know, f- filled with potential. I mean, the Seahawks, the Seattle Seahawks did. You know, they. They took yeah. him with the second. They took him in the second round in the NFL draft when they already had Marshawn Lynch. So, uh, but I, yeah, I, he's in a good spot. I think that the coaching staff seems committed to a run-heavy offense in St. Louis. Um, their head coach is Jonathan Hayes, longtime tight ends coach under Marvin Lewis. If yeah. you remember that that Bengals season on Hard Knocks, Jonathan Hayes was featured pom- prominently. Um, he is also the GM of the team. Jonathan Hayes is so Whoa. he's the guy who handpicked Christine Michael. So I mean, this dude is going to have you know a lot of. Uh, I mean, I think that Christine Michael is, is like the favorite to lead all the running backs on the slate in touches in Week One. Okay, we did a uh, we had a fantasy an XFL fantasy draft eight eight teams. Um, I I didn't actually participate in it. I wish I had just to get a little depth knowledge. Like eleven rounds and uh, Christine Michael was the number two overall pick by Heath Cummings. Yeah. Jason, Jamie Eisenberg, they did team QBs, but Jamie Eisenberg took the LA team quarterback. Uh, would Michael, if you were drafting, like, is there, is, is Michael the one guy you would want to have on your roster knowing you could only start one running back? Well, like, if we're talking about DraftKings specific, um, yeah. which is full PPR, I don't think that Kristen Michael is going to catch a ton of passes. Sure. Um, I haven't done any redraft yet. I've set up some. Uh, DraftKings rosters. We're we're doing our show tonight, our uh, our big show tonight. I'm actually gonna be cramming. Um, my 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 foundation of knowledge is okay right now, but I'm gonna be cramming ahead of that show uh, to try to just continue to learn as much as I can about all the the players and teams. Um, but I mean, I think that he would be and, in the and, top, and by and by the way, in the top the way, five. Yeah. I'm just gonna plug the show. It's it's called okay. Establish the Show. It's on EstablishTheRun.com. Uh, it's it's scheduled for 8.30 p.m. on Thursday. Evan and I recorded this at like 2.45 on Thursday. You're probably listening to this on CBS on Friday. But you can go back and re-watch it on ETR. And it is – they're basically um, – it's uh, Adam, Evan, and uh, Sh- Sean Newsham walk you through game by game on the four-game slate for uh, for Saturday. So make sure and check that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sean Newsham is just an awesome DFS player. So it's always good to get his – you know, he's just good at the game you know, of DFS and right. it's always good to get his insights. Um, but he also has a, a great uh, depth of knowledge and I, I'm trying to, I'm actually trying to play catch up to him right now. Cause I've been working on some free agency stuff. He's been just pouring into all XFL for the last like, you know, two, three weeks. So uh, we're, yeah, we're, yeah it, it's going to be a, a really informative show. And if you want to play, if you want to make money on DraftKings, like all you have to do is be a little bit above average. Most people are going to, be just playing based off of whatever they can 
scrounge up for free on the internet, which isn't going to be you know necessarily updated for injuries. Like I've I've been looking at some of the free stuff on the internet. I'm like that guy isn't even going to play, you know. <laughs> and so you know like um you know and, and that's how a lot of people are going to be setting up their DFS rosters. But um you'll you'll ha- I mean all you have to do is be a little bit above average and you're likely to win. Adam Adam Levitan thinks is this is like the best DFS slate this week one XFL slate in years. Uh, wow. If you if you're just looking to be like an advantage player, um, which I, I don't dis- I don't disagree with him. I mean, you know, people are going to be making rosters unprepared, and you know, if, if you come to establishtherun.com, you will be extremely well prepared. Yeah, and I mean, just looking at it, like on this four game slate, I mean, they've got at least on DraftKings. I haven't looked on FanDuel. I, I don't know if you ever. I, I tend to just – I don't know why I lean towards DraftKings. I just do. Um, but, uh, like, they have a, a $10 entry, 100 k to first-place tournament. That's Not that that's that unusual because they're getting a huge rake off the top. But, I mean, like, there's a bunch of entries out there, a bunch of tournaments out there where you can end up making some cash. And you're right. Oh, yeah. Like, there is – there's some, like, some serious arbitrage in terms of being able to find information to figure out what sort of – patterns these coaches might utilize what players they might utilize and to to be ahead of the curve and like the pricing they can't know more than we know like the pricing just can't be correct in this first week it's a it's a total wild west scenario yeah absolutely um we we did actually did a conference call a couple out a couple of hours uh before you and i uh started taping and you know we we came up with some guys that are just like at the stone minimum in terms of pricing and like they're going to be starters and they're in good situations. And so that, that's what we'll be talking about on the show. Nice. Um, all right. Give me uh, any, do you have any thoughts on betting the XFL? And you might not, I didn't mention that to you ahead of time, but I am curious. Like I know, I know some, one of the previews that you guys wrote, um, you know, it's like, uh, you know, tra- the Tampa Bay Vipers have an over yeah. a win total, like seven and a half in a 10 game slate. That seems insane. That's right? absurd. That, yeah. that that's expecting them to have a 750, Winning percentage, like <laughs> that's absurd. Yeah. So you just hammer the the under on that, and I think the Tampa Bay might be a good team. Although I talked to a rival GM in the XFL, and he was like, "Trustman's team stinks." Really? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. It, it comes down to you know, do you believe in Aaron Murray? And you know, that's their that's their quarterback, of course. And you know, he was a guy. He was pretty good at Georgia. I think he was a third or fourth round pick to Kansas City. Uh, I think he's a fifth round pick, actually. Yeah, and and, then he, ended up, he ended up coming to CBS Sports and working on the network when he did yeah. in the NFL before the AAF. Yes, and then he went to AAF and he was he was all right. I mean, he completed sixty five percent of his passes. Um, I just I think he's a guy that's going to get completions, and I think that Mark Tressman is a quality offensive mind. You know, things went off the rails for him in like a player buy in situation, but Mark Tressman is a a great offensive mind. Um, you know he, he he's been a dominant coach in the CFL for a long time. Uh, he's uh, a pass first uh, offensive mind. His first year, his first couple years in Chicago, I mean they had an elite offense there for a minute with with Josh McCown at quarterback. Yeah, and um, you know with with Alshon Jeffrey, he had his his the best years of his career under Mark Tressman. Um, Martellus Bennett did too. You know Matt Forte broke records. I mean th- that, those are those were great players. But they, you know, Mark Trestman also got the most out of them. Um, so I, I'm expecting a, a pretty good offense. And Aaron, Aaron Murray, all he has to do is be an effective system quarterback. Yeah, and it's it's. I think it's gonna be fascinating too because 
I mean, I would, you mentioned Cardell, you know, Cardell Jones going to be one of the highest owned stacks. I mean, I think when you look at, you know, Cardell, Cardell Jones and then even the, even the fact that like he's Aaron Murray and he's well known. And if you look, like you go on DraftKings and he's in this green shirt, which is totally different than every, like it just, your eyes are kind of drawn to Aaron Murray. So it feels like a lot of people will be going to the, going to the site and sort of hitting. They're going to, a lot of people who try to play XL, X, XFL because they just want to play DFS are going to be drawn to things that they're comfortable with or things that they know instead of going oh, yeah. out a limb. Oh, absolutely. And I, yeah, that's definitely um, a, a good subject to bring up that people are going to just click on names that they're familiar with, you know? And so if you can find some guys that people are less likely to be familiar with, but in, you know, in, in similarly good situations, uh, th- those might be some guys to bet on in tournaments. No, no question about that. Um, all right, Evan, uh, anything else you, uh, and by the way, I feel, I feel bad that our first, the first time I had you on the podcast, I meant to have you on leading up to the season. Um, and then we just got in the grind, but, but I feel bad that the first time is XFL is because your specialty is the NFL. Uh, no, but my I, specialty is the XFL. Oh, your specialty is now the XFL. That's right. That's right. Well, I'm trying but, to make it my specialty. But like, yeah. dude, I feel I do feel I was sort of down on this because I think the AAF I mean, it, you know, CBS was partnered with it, but it was like disappointing because we, I mean, mm-hmm. I, you did the same thing that we poured a bunch of research resources into like learning about the league and trying to you know get on board with it, and then it just rips. You know, it's like it's gone like that. I do I do kind of feel like at least this is going to be entertaining to have on in the in the in the wake of the NFL. Yeah, and I mean, look, you know, it just came down to insufficient funds for the AAF. I mean, yep. that's really what it came down to. And the XFL has sufficient funds because they've got Vince McMahon at the helm. So I, I'm, I have a high level of confidence that at least we're going to make it through the first season and um, well, you know, that, that we're not going to get the, the plug pulled on us with like, you know, through after eight games. Uh, Brady Quinn said on a show earlier this week, cause he's calling some games for Fox and the XFL. Nice. He said he feels confident that it's funded through two full years. Now that's yeah. not, you know, take that for what it's worth, but I mean, like, that's good to know that they, they should be able to get through, you know, 20 games minimum with this and, uh, it should be fun to watch. All right. And also the games are on FanDuel and DraftKings. I mean, the yes. AF, the AF messed up. Yeah. Or I, I don't know who, who made the ultimate decision, but, and it, hey, it might have been FanDuel and DraftKings under, you know, and, and they kind of knew that the AAF was not necessarily a lock, and they didn't want to, you know, put their the, the players who play on DraftKings and FanDuel at risk, you know, of, of of this league going under. So I don't know who pulled the plug, but that was that was a, a critical kind of um, uh, disconnect that you know that that's that's something that the AAF missed. Like you couldn't play daily fantasy except for on FanBall. And, you know, and the games were really small. And, I mean, there just weren't many people playing. But a lot of people are going to be playing DFS. That's going to create, um, like, a a foundational fan base for the league, and that's really going to help. That's a a great point because, like, I'll I'll play NBA DFS, and I'm not a huge NBA fan. And I'm, like, well, I'm, like, staying up till 1 a.m., like, sweating out this Trailblazers you know, like, like I need Dame to go off for like <laughs> yeah. X number of points. I mean, I'm telling you, like, I'm telling you, like, I'll play, I've got some XFL lineups reserved. I'm going to use establishmentrun.com. I'm going to use all the resources I can find to try and get a good lineup in. And I'm going to be watching these games during the, during, cause there's a chance you can win a hundred freaking grand, like by being a little ahead of the curve on a, on a game where nobody oh, yeah. knows it. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, well, hey, good luck this week, weekend, Will. And thanks for having me on, man. Hey, Evan, thanks for, thanks for coming on, buddy. Uh, we will talk soon. I'll see you at the combine. 
Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.